are Locked On, Locked On, Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in. It's Hornets Talk for the Hardcore Fan coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte on this wonderful Friday. I'm Doug Branson. No David Walker this day, but he'll be back on Monday. Uh, we're gonna get we're gonna keep this nice and short, recap this uh, Celtics game that happened last night. Celtics Hornets in uh, Greensboro in the Greensboro Coliseum. The first action for the Hornets in North Carolina. Going to keep it short and sweet for you. Get you on your way to your weekend. Uh, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Panthers fans, head over to iTunes after the show. Subscribe to the Locked On Panthers podcast with host and Panthers insider Steve Reed who I think at this point would probably be better served just to tell you who is not on the injured list for the Carolina Panthers. It's, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty amazing uh, what uh, the Panthers are going through right now. Uh, and the Hornets obviously have a few injuries of their own, but nothing compared to the Carolina Panthers. Good luck to them. NBA fans, make sure to check out Locked on NBA with host David Locke. And if you have a question, if you have a comment on the Hornets for us, or maybe you want to sponsor the show, just email us, buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com. Okay, let's get to this game, the second preseason game for both teams. The Celtics win this one in Greensboro, 107-92. Jeremy Lamb, 16 points, 10 rebounds on 7 of 11 shooting. Ramon Sessions, 11 points on 4 of 10 shooting. And then Frank Kaminsky also getting into double digits, four of eight from the field for 10 points. But the starters, the numbers were not pretty. Three of 10 from the field for Michael Kidd Gilchrist had a couple of his uh, jump shots go way off. Seven points, four rebounds for him. Nine points, five rebounds for Marvin Williams. Kind of a bounce back game, but he was he was pretty hard on himself. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, eight points for Nicholas Batum, three of 11. Your four, your four starters that played in the last game played similar minutes, uh, about 21 to 23 minutes. Kimball Walker, returning for this game, started the game, played almost nine minutes, two of four from the field, four points, two rebounds, three assists. He looked, let's start with Kimba. I thought he looked electric. I, I thought he made a big difference in how the Hornets got started, at least offensively. They looked a lot more organized than they did in that game against... Uh, Dallas and and you know when you could definitely tell the difference when Kemba Walker left the game. I thought in the second half, the the starting unit with Ramon Sessions do, just didn't have that same that same punch. And I think a lot of the shooting issues that you saw with Michael Kidd Gilchrist and Nicholas Batum had to do with the fact that they were forcing up shots that they shouldn't force up under any circumstances, just kind of bad shots. But I think those are shots that they don't wouldn't normally force up when you have Kimball Walker leading the offense the way that he does. So it's something they certainly have to work out. And, and it, but look here, it's let me put up the neon sign. Haven't put that up yet. It's preseason. Okay. So you know, if they're forcing up shots, you certainly want to see the offense look more organized than that. But if they're, you know, if they're forcing up shots, it is the preseason. Everyone's trying to get better. Everyone's, you know, looking to see, hey, especially Michael K. Gilchrist. I mean, he has to figure out, okay, what's working? What situations do I need to pull up? 
you know, but it, it certainly is concerning. His outside shot, he's 0 for 3 from beyond the arc. It just, it hasn't looked as as good as it did in those seven games that he played last season. So Hornets fans definitely hoping that that turns around. But the first unit for Boston, just simply outplaying the Hornets. And there are, I'll say this, there are matchup issues between these two teams. And it doesn't, it really has nothing to do with the guy at point guard, Isaiah Thomas. It had more to do with the fact that they matched up Avery, or the Hornets matched up MKG with Avery Bradley. And Bradley was able to get by MKG with ease. And I think some of that has to do with the fact that MKG, NBA speed, game speed, you always hear this, like game speed is so much, you can't practice for it. You can't, I don't even think you can scrimmage for it. I just think the speed of an NBA game when you have two opposing teams is, is just way different. And, you know, MKG has been out for, for a while. And so he, I think he's still, you know, getting the, getting the motor spinning, getting it warmed up. And, and I think you'll see that improve. Hopefully you see it improve on Saturday once he goes back and, you know, kind of looks at the tape and looks at that matchup. But Avery Bradley, 6 of 11 from the field, 14 points. He was really uh, able to slice and dice the Hornets' defense. And then the other interesting matchup, they put uh, center Roy Hibbert guarding Amir Johnson, the power forward for uh, the Celtics. And that left Marvin Williams to guard uh, to guard. Al Horford, the star center for the Boston Celtics, and and you get why they would want to do that because again, Roy Hibbert, uh, you just he's not going to go out and guard the three point line. He can't. He's too. He's just too slow footed. Uh, so there would be issues there. So you put Marvin on on uh, Al Horford, and of course, what do they do? You know, they're going to back down Al Horford, and he was able to get some good looks against Marvin Williams. Uh, Al Horford finished with 13 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, and only 19 and a half uh, minutes. So had he played the entire game, uh, Al Horford was probably due uh, for for a big game there. Uh, but, you know, so I'm just going to basically empty out my notebook here and talk about a few of the things that I saw in this game because I think you can tell a couple of little things here and there, but I think big picture stuff, you still have to wait until later on in the preseason or maybe even, you know, through the first couple of weeks in the season to make some real big, like, judgment calls on, on this Hornets team. Um, but, uh, you know, first of all, I felt bad for Cody Zeller because he came out for shoot around but could only look on. They're resting that knee completely, not even letting him do shoot around, not letting him do anything. Uh, that it that involves uh, messing with that knee because they want to see if that bone bruise in his knee finally responds to to something. Uh, so you got to feel bad for him and and feel bad for that second unit uh, that they don't have uh, Cody Zeller to uh, to help anchor that defense. Uh, Frank Kaminsky, I thought his post moves looked really good. Uh, he's getting to use more of them in this preseason. He's got very economic footwork. What do I mean by that? Well, he doesn't take steps that aren't necessary. He doesn't have happy feet. He just he knows the moves. He had a six spin move back towards the baseline uh, against Jarebko, I believe, uh, that resulted uh, in a bucket. And, you know, he just knows what he wants to do. He executes that move very cleanly. And, you know, again, whether it goes in or not, it's he's his footwork sets him up to do good things. 
and and that's really all you can ask for uh, for a big man. But he has a he he has an ability to put the ball in the basket from the post. So that was interesting to see. Uh, Something that's concerning, as I said before, MKG's shot hasn't been there so far. Three of ten from the field in this game. Didn't shoot the ball particularly well against Dallas either. Uh, first, qu- first quarter Hornets uh, second unit defense actually bailed them out. It was nice to see. It was kind of a, a throwback. The second unit didn't play well against Dallas. They had a bounce back game and the starters kind of took a night off. But they went into the first quarter, went out of the first quarter with a 23-22 lead. And a lot of that was the second unit really buckling down on defense. But I think... Uh, even though they they had a good performance in that first quarter, the the third quarter was was kind of the disaster quarter for both units. And uh, I think when you look at this second unit, if without Zeller you have Ramon Sessions, Marco Bellinelli, Jeremy Lamb, Frank Kaminsky, and Spencer Hawes, that doesn't that doesn't scream a, a lot of defense. And so you know they definitely they definitely need Zeller to come back. It's going to be a struggle if he doesn't. I think defensively, um, but you've got guys who are capable of playing okay defense in Marco Bellinelli, and, and I would say Frank Kaminsky, and and then you've got uh, Spencer Hawes that's that's going to struggle defensively, but has a good. He, I mean, I thought Spencer Hawes was actually the spark off the bench. Uh, for for this team, other than uh, Jeremy Lamb and his 16 points and 10 rebounds, but I just thought defensively, Spencer Halls was actually the spark just because he was moving around the floor. Hey, he had energy where they didn't come out of that second half with much energy. And then Marco Bellinelli just knocking down shots to get the Hornets offense back on track. Let's talk about that third quarter. Terrible quarter for the Hornets first unit. They didn't come out of the locker room energized. Brad Stevens obviously got into this Celtic squad because they did. The ball was generally sticking on on offense for the Hornets. Uh, Clifford had to call a couple of frustration timeouts. Uh, but you had you had Roy Hibbert getting B for easy boards. And, I, and we've talked about it on the show. Roy Hibbert, not a stellar rebounder for a center, but he's got to be better than, than he was in that game. And I thought he had bad post positioning on offense too, led to a couple of led to a couple of turnovers, just not having the right position on on offense when the ball came his way. The Celtics were just more intense, more focused all around. They knew what was coming offensively from the Hornets. And uh, Jay Crowder was able to pick a couple of passes. They were able to force some tough shots from MKG and Nicholas Batum and take those back down into transition offense and you know if you're the Hornets if if you get beat on transition defense then the game's over like you can't you can't get beat on transition defense that's the cardinal sin for the way that this Hornets team plays and I got a tweet here uh, from last night from Marion a longtime listener looking at the box score Lamb had a good game maybe he is doing better okay that first of all thanks for the tweet Marion uh, yeah, I mean, you look at the box score, 16 points, 10 boards. It's most of that accumulated when the game was already out of reach. And, uh, well, let's let's just see what Coach Clifford had to say when asked about Jeremy Lamb's performance. I uh, scored. Yep. That defense, our, our defense with that group was not close to uh, those guys combined okay that defense is none of them not 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 just him is not close to what you'd have to do to play even competitively in an nba game so frankly i'm finding it hard to just because a guy scored him scored a couple points i mean it's not let's put it this way he he's a good player he's got to play both ends of the floor and a lot better than that 
So Clifford frustrated with the defensive mindset of of that second unit that I just talked about and of Jeremy Lamb. And honestly, you know, I have to agree with Coach Clifford here. I thought that Jeremy Lamb, frankly, looked like a mess on defense. I wasn't it was it was making some bad decisions in the pick and roll going under some screens he shouldn't have gone over and it's like when Jeremy Lamb does attempt to go over a screen sometimes he allows himself to be bumped almost to the half court line it's like he completely takes himself out of the play with no ability to recover or help and and then there were just some some other defensive lapses. But then on the other side of the ball, he was able to make some uh, nice moves one-on-one in isolation, but he was also made uh, two nice backdoor cuts. One he slightly mishandled, but the other one he he got from Spencer Hawes and flushed it home. And so he makes some exciting plays there. But you heard Clifford, just because you score a couple of points, just because you get a couple of rebounds in garbage time, doesn't for a good game make. And... Yeah, I, I think back, or well, I think to you know a guy like James Harden, who we make fun of for his defense, and we watch the vines on Twitter, and it's a good laugh, and we all have a great time sharing it with our friends. But you know, when you score thirty plus a night consistently, you can get away with some bad defense. You know, there's there's four other guys on the court; they can they can hide you a little bit. They can make up for it. But if you're Jeremy Lamb, I don't care if you score 16 or 6 or 26, if you're not going to score 26 consistently a night, you have to play defense. You have to get back in transition. And if you don't do that, then there's a pretty good chance you're not going to play. And it's a it's a lesson that Jeremy Lamb learned before it was a lesson that PJ Hairston had to learn early on that look, you know, we're we're putting you out here to play defense. If you happen to score, if the ball happens to find your hands and you throw it towards the basket, then great. But you have to get back in transition. You have to play intense, not not play defense, play intense defense. That's what's being asked of these role players. That's what's always been asked of these role players by Steve Clifford. So, you know, he's he's definitely looking at that. And the third quarter went wrong for, for a lot of reasons. Marvin Williams, here's what he had to say. I, I thought he was a little too hard on himself, but, but here's what he had to say about that third quarter. We weren't ready to play, and that started with me all the way. Uh, just weren't ready to play. Boston was ready to play, and uh, you know, they went out and jumped us early and never got back in the game after that. Uh, we gave up some easy ones on the inside, offensive rebounds, uh, easy post catches, uh, you know, just stuff that's kind of uncharacteristic of us, especially myself. So, again, I don't think it was just Marv. Marvin had a tough matchup against Al Horford, and, you know, he fronted him well. I think what he was referring to is he he fronted Al Horford well in the first half, and in, the, in that third quarter, they were able to get Al Horford some looks. And once Al Horford had positioning on on Marvin within reach of the basket it was over and so I think that's what he was referring to allowing him those those easy easy catches but it wasn't just Marvin 
Uh, and you know, it, it's, I, I like that phrase that Marvin used, ready to play, because I think that's what the preseason is about, getting ready to play. Not, you know, they're getting organized. They will be organized by the beginning of the season. They're probably just, you know, with all the scrimmaging that we heard they did early on in training camp, they're probably just now starting to get familiar to some of the new guys with the offense and and wherever. I mean, you got five guys and they all have to know where they are, or where they're supposed to be. And if they don't, then the play breaks down. And so you're starting to see that come together now. And I thought they played especially in that first half, I thought the Hornets played much more organized basketball than they had against Dallas. So you see improvement. But what you really want to see is is that they are, are ready to play, that they have a certain intensity, and especially on defense, because we've heard Clifford say it a couple of times now, this Hornets team is probably going to have to find points and have great defense. You know, manufacture offense, but have defense ready to go at all times. So, you know, when you look when you put a bow on the game, I think that there were there were bright spots. I thought Frank Kaminsky uh, played a really good game. Uh, I thought that Marco is starting to knock down shots and become a lot more comfortable. I thought Spencer Hawes provided again just an, an energy and a spark, and I think he had a great showing. Takes that mid range jumper a little too much, relies on that a little too much, but. But overall, very nice game for Spencer Hawes, uh, and just you, you saw some some a little bit of improvement. But I think the the intensity level, the level that they need to be at in terms of their focus and intensity, still has to improve. And you hope to see that on Saturday. They play this team again on Saturday, so you want to see them look at these matchup issues that they have uh, and, and try to figure those out and come out with with a lot more energy in both halves. Put two halves together. That's what this preseason is going to be about for the Charlotte Hornets. And a lot of this, again, I want to, I'm putting up the neon sign again. It's just preseason, and it's been preseason without Kimba Walker. Once Kimba Walker comes back and plays 20 minutes, then we'll start making some judgments. But at this point, it's still wait and see for the Charlotte Hornets. We'll have more, we'll have a recap of this game coming up on Saturday on Monday's show. We'll be back all next week, so make sure to tune in. Enjoy your weekend, folks. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Shoot us your questions for next week. Want to do a mailbag segment? Give us those questions. Buzz buzz at LockedOnHornets.com or tweet us. We'll read the uh, tweets or uh, comment on any of our posts on atthehive.com. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.